0: Well, you know what? Many times I think this can happen to any of us. But does anybody ever feel like the underdog sometimes? Just feel like, man, I cannot believe it's here and go again. And we might be going through a rough patch in our life. And I tell you what, I really believe that today is a message for today. You know, we spend a lot of time praying about, Lord, what do you want to share um, for us individually but corporately as a church as well? And I tell you, you know, I think about, you know, the prayer requests and the things going on in the world, and I see, man, that we just need God all the time. Is that a good place to say amen? All the time. I've never found a time that I didn't need God. I always need him. And so we're going to use a story that's pretty familiar, like Miss Tanya said, of David and Goliath. Most of us heard of that, right? I hope today that through God's word, we'll pull out some other truths in there that will really seal in your heart to give you some good footing for the week. Does that sound all right? So many times we think about, it's a story about David and Goliath, man, and you know, you think... Man, I wish that guy was on my softball team. You know, he could really rain, rain that rock, you know, things like that. But we're going to find out it's more, more than just David and Goliath. It's about you and God. See, that's, so if we go in, I'm going to unpack this a little bit. I want you to know this story is about you and God as well. Okay? So many times we're looking at that, and it's a familiar story. And a lot of times when we read the Bible, that's why I think sometimes we can get complacent. Yeah, I know the story. Yeah, I know the story. But you know what? God's Word is so alive. And so fresh. He just keeps growing it, man. He just keeps unpacking it. And I think today we're going to see a few things in there. And so, you know, like I said, it's not about uh, David being the best shot on the team there. You know, it's not about uh, anything like that. It's about looking at his motivation. What, what motivated him to jump out there, right? Think about that. Apply that to your life. What motivates you to jump out in the morning and serve the Lord? We think about this, you know, it was about his faith. And it was about his heart for God. And so I want to see... As we look through this, look how when he had those things right there in his life, he had faith in the Lord. He was sold out for Christ. He was committed. He was equipped. And we're going to talk about those things here as well. But also, we got to see God bring victory through him. Amen. See, when I say, I'll probably say this a couple of times. When, when everything's stripped away and you come out victorious, there's only one answer. It's God. I like that. See, he takes off all the guesswork because it's all about him. You know? They could say, well, you know what? I, I, you know, I told him to throw that rock. You know, no, man, it's not about that. We're going to unpack that a little bit more. But see, not only when David was obedient, did God bless him and give him victory, but it impacted the whole Israelite family, you know? And I call it family because you know what? They were all connected, God's people, amen? It's like we're connected in here. But you know what? We don't want to just keep it all in here to ourselves. We want to take the message that God's given us and go out to the highways and the hedges and tell them, right? So, to compel them to come in. So, it's good to see everybody. I will throw this out. One of the ways we know everybody learns a little different. So, what we like to do, we use a little PowerPoint. We're always going to back it up with God's Word. I call it the Word Anchor. We're going to give you that. We're going to use some, some scripture. And then you've got an uh, answer sheet. All right? And as God speaks to you, as we go through some stuff, just write some stuff down. It might be stuff that you think about later. I'll give you a few references and things like that. But what we want to do is, is just build your spiritual tool belt. Where you can just be ready for anything that the enemy throws against us because God is faithful, right? I always say, if God's not in it, we can't win it. So a little as much as when Jesus is in it, right? He can make it big. Well, think about this. Through the Bible, can anybody think about a few guys that were underdogs? A lot. Look at Moses. Man, I don't want to go. I don't even talk good. He fixed that, didn't he? He said, I'll take your brother with you. Over and over. Look at Paul. Paul. You know, Paul was, at that time, he was Saul when we go back through there. And he thought he was doing the right thing. He was persecuting Christians. And then he had an encounter with God. And everything changed. I pray today that you have that encounter with God right here, right now. So, with all that being said, we see over and over throughout the Bible that Scripture is filled with ordinary folks doing extraordinary things for their Lord, right? Because there's one answer. It's all about Him. And guess what? You're no exception. Say, I'm no exception. That's it. I'm glad y'all feel that way because we're going to jump into it. All right. Now, our main verse, and if you've got your Bibles, I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. We're going to be um, running through 1 Samuel 17. And when I read through everything, I said, what is the key thing that I want them to see and then launch off from that? And we went with uh, verse 50. It says, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Now, I want to tell I want to talk a little bit about this. Because this is, um, we even got a little cool clip for you guys today. It's going to be good. And we try to use all different types of ways to just bring that message to the front and see it in your heart. So I want to take, set the stage a little bit about what's going on during this time. You know, when we see all the pieces of the puzzle that I'm going to pull out here, you know what it does? It lets us see the fingerprints of God even that much more. See, that's what I want us to see, the fingerprints of God, not only through the Bible, but in your life. All right? So we start out with this. we got the Philistines coming from the west. Uh, the coastal plain area, and we 've got um, the Israelites coming from from the eastern part, and they come over to this area it 's called Ezekiel and there 's an area there whoever, run, whoever takes control of this area you 're a prime real estate right, location location whoever 's got this area, they kind of got a lot of influence to everything around in that, that part of town because what 's happening is that 's a really ke- uh, heavy travel route, so you can influence a lot of things. So I want to make sure we know that. This is, the location was prime for this fight. And then we think about this, too. we think about all the different things that are stacked against David, right? Now, I want to give you a few things that maybe you didn't know, and uh, maybe you did, but it's good to, to go back through them. This was called in the Bible when we were studying it Tuesday night. We were pulling some of these things out. This was really like the Iron Age, all right? Now, a lot of us didn't really understand this. I thought, man, as we dug this, I thought it was really neat. The Philistines... They were ahead of the game. They had the iron culture. In other words, when we start explaining what, what uh, Goliath had on, you go, wow, okay. I see that now. They were the only ones that had the iron. Listen to this. When you start going through here, we see, and we'll see it in the little clip, David goes to, to get a, uh, a sword and put on some armor, and it doesn't fit. You know why? Because only two people in all of the Israelite town there, that family, that whole culture army, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. That's why she's over there. Army is uh, they got they got two swords, man, two swords. I was saying that that'd be like Cliff Bone having the only gun in the whole place out here. You know what I'm saying? That'd be something else. But so here we go. So they only have that, and they only have one set of armor, and it doesn't fit. What I want to see, what you see out of this, is a lot of times we look at what somebody else's gifting is. Or how somebody else is working and walking in their life. And we go, hey, let me try that on. God knows what he's got in your hand. God knows what he's called you to and how he's equipped you. Okay? So when we think <coughs> about this, when we look at this, I want you to really see, man, you know, they didn't have a, a Bass Pro Shop where they go, hey, can you give us a U small? Because this is not fitting. Right? They had, to, they had to work with what they had. What did David do? He used what he had. All right? So I want to look at this a little bit. Let's just take a look at this. When you're coming up against Goliath, many of you uh, know the story, but let's look at this. It said now, uh, Goliath, he was over nine foot tall. He wore a bronze helmet. He had a bronze coat of mail, weighed 125 pounds. They say David was about anywhere from eight to 10 years old, maybe maybe even 12, right? Jesse just turned 13. He weighs 100 pounds. All right, so, so give you the, I want you to get that imagery right there. Now, look at this. And he turned around and said that that his his weight of his armor was 125 pounds. Right? But he ain't scared, right? Because he knows the Lord. He keeps going. He said he wore bronze uh, leg armor and uh, had a bronze javelin. And he keeps going and talks about this heavy, thick spear. Even the tip of the iron spearhead weighed 15 pounds. That sounds like the deck is stacked a little bit against our boy, doesn't it? But you know what? Just like we said, when God's in it, it changes everything. See, you might be in a situation where your bills look like that. They're 125 pounds worth. Or the doctor report is up to our eyes. Or whatever's going on. Whatever it is. That giant that's in front of you. I want you to take the word of God and listen to what I'm saying today. And apply the truth of God's word. And make it real in your life. Step out by faith. Because God has equipped us. He's anointed us and he's empowered us. I want you to see that. I'm going to go on down a few other things here. We went in here. And we see, I mean, the deck is stacked like this. And David says, "You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take care of this right now." Now, I'll give you a little background on David. Right? David was always the outcast. You ever feel like that? Don't raise your hand. All right. <laughs> I will. You know, I was the youngest. It's me and my sister. I'm the youngest. one. I always wanted to go. She said, Let's go home. Let's go back. You know, I was permanent hiker on our football team for like five years. That's it. I never let me go out or anything. You little guy, hike the ball and get the water. Hike the ball and get the water, right? So we're going through this and we're thinking about this. Jesse, not my Jesse, but Jesse in the Bible is David's dad. And he sends him. He says, look, why don't you go check on your older brothers? They're up here and they're in war and stuff. Go see what's going on. And take him some cheese and bread. He's a little errand boy. He's taking some pimento cheese sandwiches along there, right? And he's got to come up going through all this stuff. And when he gets there, right, he sees this big giant coming out. 40 days and 40 nights, man. This guy's coming out talking about his people and talking about his God. He didn't take too kindly to that. He didn't take too kindly to that at all. So you think he might get a little encouragement from the home team? You know what his brother said? "Man, hey, why don't you go home? Give me a sandwich. Go. Right? You ever have that? You trying to help somebody? I'm just trying to support But What are you doing here? Thanks. That makes me feel real good, you know? So that's what he was up against. So not only did he have a giant here, he was getting shot down by friendly fire. You can say amen there if you want, right? So, a lot of times that friendly fire, man, that's tough, right? So, here he goes, and he talks to Saul, and finally he wears him down. He's so convinced he said, Man, look, God will give me this Philistine. I'm going to tell you what. He's already given me uh, a bear and a lion. He's a shepherd boy. He's spending time with God. His brother's thinking, Well, he just out there singing the sheep, man. No, he had a relationship with the Lord, and he had seen God move in his life over and over and over. I want you to think about today. Maybe we're going through a tough spot. Think about how God's moved in your life in the past. You know? And pull from that and think about, you know what? If God got me through here, he'll get me through here. If God got me through here, he'll get me through here. I don't know any parent that wants to see their child fail. We're going to talk about that. God is a good God. Amen? So we keep on rolling down a little bit. And I thought what was really neat is David had the proper motive. Do we try to impress anybody. It hit him in his heart when that guy's talking about his God. He said, oh no, we'll have none of that. What would it look like if we were sold out for that? You know, what would it look like to say, you know what, I don't care what's going on, I'm going to church. I don't care what's going on, I'm going to stick with what God says. I don't care what's going on, I'm going to spend some time in the word. You know what, I think more and more and more about that. But see, David fought for the Lord and he had the right motive. Get that in our our hearts and stuff. He was equipped, anointed, and empowered by the Lord so with that, I'm going to get Tim to go ahead and pull up that, uh, that little clip we got. And it's pretty much just what I already talked about. I just thought it'd be kind of cool. I didn't know if we'd have some of the youngins in here not today. But I want you guys to get a good look at this. And it's coming right out of the Word of God. So enjoy this. It's about three minutes clips, and then we're going to jump back into it, okay?
1: Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Don't worry about a thing. I'll go fight this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can go against this Philistine. You are only a boy. And he has been in the army since he was a boy. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's
2: sheep. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine.
1: Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before.
2: I can't go in these. I'm not used to them.
1: So he took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then, Armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across to fight Goliath. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield-bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your
2: flesh to the birds and wild animals. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then, I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us.
1: As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face downward to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine giant with only a stone and sling. And since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it.
0: And y'all know the rest of the story, but it's going to get close to lunchtime, so we cut that out. It's all right. <laughs> I know Denise was like, don't show that. Don't show that. You get the story, right? Well, what I want to do is, is show you how we're equipped, how God has, has equipped him. And you know, it's kind of cool. We like to use everything we can to just bring out the richness of what God's doing from his word. And so, you know, sometimes we, we do skits and sometimes we use things like that. But nevertheless, it's always pointing all the praise to the Lord. So I want to talk about it. If you got your sheets, it's a good place to take some notes. And we're going to be looking at that again. We're out of 1 Samuel 17. Let's take a look at a few things. Now, God equips us, right? The Lord equips us for the mission. Now, I said earlier, God's a good God and he desires for us to succeed. And I said this, what parent do you know that wants their, their kid to fail? None that I know of. So we see God as a good God and He wants to work in that. Jesus paid way too high a price for us not to come out on top, amen. I want you to think about that when you're going through a tough time. I want you to think about that. Let's keep rolling. You are no exception. See, so many times we gotta take this message. A lot of times people say in the world, well, don't take it so personal. Don't take so I'm asking you, take this message personal today. Take this message personal today and let God show you your gift and how he wants to use you, the unique as you are. In your gift Your gift might not be like mine Mine might not be like yours But there's a gift that God gives each one of us Amen So let's keep on rolling Now sometimes you ever feel like you just don't qualify (laughs) You don't live up to it We talked about that I mean over and over and over You want to talk about that Every time I get up here I'm thinking If it was based on me I wouldn't qualify But when I walk up here I'm thanking God that he's going to make the difference I'm thanking God that you know what As I seek him I pray that you don't see me You see him Through the message Amen Well let's take a look at this I'm going to give you a word anchor, right? I love to have the word of God right there in front of you so you can, can apply it to your life. Here we go. It says 1 Corinthians 1.30. It says, God has united you with Christ Jesus for what benefit? For our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from sin. Now, i underlined underline a few things, and I just want you guys to get this in your spirit as we start taking off. Why did he do this? He united us with Christ. See, when, when I'm looking at stuff, when I've got something I'm going up against, I say, man, I can't look at who I am. I have to look at who I am in Christ. What has God done for me? He says that we're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's Ephesians 2.10. If you want to write that down, that's always a good one to pull back out and have that in your heart. And so he goes on. He says, but he did it for our benefit. He did it for our benefit. He didn't leave you alone. You don't get saved. You God said, well, I'll catch you in about 30 years. I'll come back for you. That's not it. It's a daily relationship. Amen? I guarantee you, if you tell your wife on, on your wedding day that you love her, and you don't tell her that again for 30 years, you're going to have some problems, man. You're going to have some problems. you got to tell her every day. Y'all got to tell them too, okay? All right? I heard a guy say, well, I told her, I told her I'll tell her if something changes. <laughs> How many times have you been married? <laughs> you know? I don't think that would be a good plan. We need to walk in that relationship. And we need to encourage one another in the Lord, all right? So it goes down here. Christ made us right with God. Our righteousness comes from God, from putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'll tell you something. I've sat in, in the last 15 years. We used to go, before we started this year, we would go to about 45 to 50 churches a year, playing music and speaking 40, 50 places a year. I'm not kidding. Over and over and over. And, and I tell you, there's, this is what really hurts my heart. And this is why I get so excited to do what we do. There's people that are sitting in that chair for 30 years, and they think if you're just a good guy or a good gal, and you put a couple dollars in the church plate you're going to heaven, it's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about what Jesus Christ did. You don't take anything else away from what we're talking about today. and There's a whole lot more. But let me tell you, we need to settle that in our heart that we call upon the name of the Lord. He says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Amen? But so, what what are we looking at? We're made right as if we never sinned, justified, just as if we never sinned. And come on down here. He said he made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. See, a lot of times people say, well, who do you think you are? I said, well, I'm just saying what God said. Does that that say I never miss it? No. But he tells me in his word, when I miss it, be quick to repent and come back. Turn from that and say, Lord, I need some help in this situation. Lord, help me with this situation. But you know what? When we get there and stand before the Lord, there's a judgment day, right? And when they stand there and if they say, why are you here? I say, because of Jesus. Period. Not because, you know, I don't really like playing guitar for you, Lord. And you're like, what? See, a lot of times we think it's about works. Works come from a heart that's captivated by God. You're not going to work your way to heaven. You're not going to be smart enough. you not going to be pretty enough. I guess you already figured that out when we're preaching, right? Yeah. All right. But over and over, we got to go back and look and say, "Well, what's it all about?" It's all about Jesus, Amen. And there's right there, that's a great scripture to, to write down and reflect upon from time to time. So your uniqueness is a blessing, <laughs> not a, cord, a, a curse. You ever talk to people? Sometimes they go, "Well, man, if I could do that, I'd do this. If I was just a little bit taller, I could do the basketball thing. Whatever." They got the I could, if would, should. All these man, they just build this ladder of doubt and just up here. But, you know, instead of taking what God's placed in you and using it for his glory. I'm going to share a little story. You know i got a story. Right? When I was growing up over there in the neighborhood, I having to be home, I was one of the littlest guys in the neighborhood. I always hung out with everybody older and stuff. And, and so I remember this lady that lived behind us. She had a little baby. And she came out of the house. And she went out to hang clothes on the lines. <laughs> Anybody do that anymore? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, because I know our, our stuff is going around and around and around. Right? So anyway, they're hanging stuff up, and when she went out, the door shut, and the door locked, and the house was locked. And she had a little baby, just enough to get into everything. And man, you hear somebody going, "Ah!" I, first thing, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. You know, I figured somebody's going to get in trouble, so I'm cleaning my cage. So my dad goes out back. He goes, "What's going on?" I'm out there holding on his leg. You know, "What's going on?" She said, "I've of my baby in the house. He's going to get into this and all, get into that and all this stuff." My dad's like, "Calm down." Let's check the front door, you know? No, it's locked. So we go to the bathroom, window, and my dad starts jiggling a little bit. You know, we live in a in, in a really nice place part of town there where you got a, you got like a little piece of wood stuck in there, you know? That's our security system. But you just keep moving it and entering it. Well, Pop's got it as far as he could. About that big. He said, Boy, come here. I was like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, that's all I'm thinking. And he takes me and he shoves me through the window. And boom, down in the tub and everything, man, I'm thinking, man, bond, James Bond, man, I'm doing it now. I go in there, I see the little kid, I was like, i saved save you. I'm coming on through there, click the door, and the, the ladies go, oh, you saved my baby, man. I'll tell you what, I'll just like, yeah, I got it, I got it. You know, and my dad said, like, get over here, boy, get back over there. Why is that story important? See, all the other big kids, they weren't home. The other big kids were too big. But at the right time, at the right place, with the right motive, God used me with what I had to fit through a window. Now, you say, well, that's really cool, buddy. That's me. My question is this. What window of opportunity has God opened for you to walk through? Right? That's just the right size for you. What, What doorway has he kicked open? Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's something stepping out in faith, trying something totally different that you never had before. But what is it? That you're dealing with today that God has opened a door. And a blessing God's God, a lot of people think is a curse from their uniqueness, is really a blessing. So you know what? It didn't matter how many times I hiked the football and how many times I went to get the water. Because that day was my day. And God used that in a mighty way. I didn't think about that. That must have been... A long time ago. It must have been a real long time ago. But when I was putting that together, God said, you know, you remember that time I used you in that little little situation? What he wants you to know is this. He said, you know what? A lot of times, I wrote this down so I wouldn't mess it up. The Lord told me, he said, a lot of times people want to water the weeds of doubt instead of watering the seed of faith. I said, like, I'm going to write that down. See, we look at what we can't do Look at what we don't have. Look at what the neighbors have got or any of those things and the talents and the time and the things like that or what Joe Blow and Sally Sue's got and say, man, I don't measure up. I'll just sit on the (laughs) sidelines. God knows what he's put in you. God has a plan for your life. Amen. Let's keep on going. So your uniqueness is something else. God knows what he's put in you and it is great value even if you can't see it at the present time. The gift is no less or no weaker than what he has placed in anyone else. I want you to see your value. Right where you are. Not when, well, when I clean up. Or when I get to this point. or I want you to see your value right now. Because that's what God says. He says he loves you right the way you are, right? The question is, right here. Will we allow God access to the gift in our life? I could have said, no, I'm not going. Probably would have been too good idea. But you know what? I said, yeah, I'll go. Send me. You know, there's so many things going on in our life that we go... No, I I can't. I just couldn't. You know what? Why why is that? I want, I want to, something the Lord showed me on this. You know, at that moment of truth, I was the, the perfect fit for that mission. And so what? So what's going on in your life? What is it going on in your life that maybe you are the perfect fit? You're the perfect fit. So many times we think, oh, man, ah, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to get around to it. Maybe it's today. See, we can, the, the, the enemy will just lull you in to a place and just say, yeah, it's okay. I can't make a difference. I'm here to tell you that you can make a difference. Look at the life of David when he had the right motive. We see that he was equipped and see that God will use him. You're no different. You might not be the one that swings a rock. You might not be the one that, that, that rescues somebody from a fire in the natural. But you might be the one to rescue somebody from the flames of hell when you tell them about Jesus. Amen. Which leads me to another thing. Everybody that come in here, we've got a little Bible track, right? Bible track. A Bible track is just the word of God that says, you know what? Christ is on the way to heaven, and Jesus wants you to know that. And you know what? It's real simple. Just <coughs> hand that out. I always say this. Anybody got bills? And everybody says, amen. I'll stick it in there. Stick the check with it. Okay? That'd be a real good idea to put a check with it. But anyway, because you don't know where that's going to end up. We know that God's word never comes back home But I want us to see this. The question is, will you allow God access to use the gift in you? And I thought about this. It's amazing that through Christ, God gives us total access to him. Right? He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? In Hebrews. But what happens is many times we only give small compartments of our life to Christ. Got quiet there, right? We do. We just give them what's left over sometimes. But do we give them what's best? I'm going to tell you that God's equipped us. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. Anybody doing good? Alright, anointed. I want to talk about this a little bit here And uh, first thing I put it this I said, after Christ left earth He left us the gift of the Holy Spirit Now all Christians are anointed Chosen for a specific purpose in furthering God's kingdom You know, God has something for each of us to do And something to accomplish for His kingdom Regardless of your size Regardless of how big you think the task is And I want to talk a little bit about this next one here when you see anointed in the Bible, they talk about anointing somebody's head with oil, setting them apart for you know, something that God's going to do. But you know what? I'm going to give you some scripture to show you how when we call upon the name of the Lord that the Spirit of the Lord comes and dwells in us. We're not in this thing alone. I also want to tell you about this. When, when the shepherds, going back to David, what they used to do, they would anoint their sheep with this oil. They would just smear it all over. Matter of fact, the, the, the Greek term for that, and I can't say it, but I'll tell you what it means. It means to smear to have it covered all over. See, when you ask the Lord to come into your life, you're filled with the presence of God because of His Spirit, amen? That doesn't mean you're going to have lightning bolts shoot out your feet or anything else, but it means the promise of God is good, amen? So we look at this. So what they would do is, going back to the shepherd, they would, would put all that oil over the ears and their, and their coat and everything to keep out any of the bugs, the lice, and anything like that to protect them. You know, God's given us the Spirit to lead God and direct us, Right? To protect us. I want you to take a look at a few of these scriptures, alright? 1 John 2.20 says, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. You know, a lot of times we feel like, man, I just don't have the wisdom and knowledge. You know what? The Lord says, seek Him, and He'll give it to us. He'll show us what we need to do. Or He'll put somebody in your life that can lead, God and direct you along the lines of what the Word says, amen? Let's take a look at this. Now, 2 Corinthians 1 21 and 22, let's read that. It says, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ, and he has anointed us, and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit and our hearts as a guarantee. Now, if you want something else to write down, write down Ephesians chapter 1. Read up on that. That's another place to to look at that. Because a lot of times we think, man, you know, I asked the Lord to come into my life, and I meant it, and then I went out and blew it. Right? So, does that mean you're not saved anymore? Absolutely not Because he says That you're sealed With a guarantee Pastor Bud is not saying Go live any way you want What I want you to do Is get some peace with this I want you to know That it's a gift of God It's not a wage See the wage is the sin of death It's it's death You go to work You get a wage We didn't work for this It's a gift And we receive it by faith But what should happen Is when we miss the mark The Holy Spirit is in us To go hey You missed the mark He's not there to pound you And beat you up He's to bring it to your attention And say you know what I've got better things for you Turn from that and come back to me. You know, you think about your kids, right? They miss the mark. You don't say, that's it. No, you say, look, man, I don't want you to do that. You know, because there's better things coming. I, this, I love you and, this is, and I've been through this and I want you to walk with this. And you show them, you teach them, you love on them. You might have to discipline them and you keep on walking. You keep loving them. That's the same thing that God does to us. He loves us and he wants to continue to walk with us, right? So, the takeaway from this here is to be dedicated to serve God. The Spirit of the Lord's in us to lead God and direct us and protect us, right? It's about knowing that encouragement. You know, isn't it, isn't it encouraging knowing that, you know what, when you call upon the name of the Lord, He doesn't give you a busy signal? Amen? It's like, yeah, you know, but you blew it last week. All bets off. He says, you know what? Come to me. He's waiting with open arms. I think a lot of times, religion, I'm talking relationship. Religion is a list of you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, and you miss that one, man, you are out. God says, "I pick you up and keep walking." That's grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. See, that's His grace. He's loving us, and it's coming towards us because of what He did. He loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Eternal life. It's not like a car loan. It's not a sixty-month deal. It's for eternity. And see, when we understand that and we grab hold of that, then we want to do what's right because of the gift that God's given us is so huge and amazing. Amen? Well, let's keep on rolling here. He's also empowered us. See, a lot of times we just feel, man, I'm just so ill-equipped. I just don't, don't know. I just don't have any wisdom. You know, we can always come up with all these different things that, you know, that we can't. I'm going to give you some more scripture that I had here to encourage you about the guarantee. We have the guarantee of God that he will never leave us or forsake us. Write this down. Romans 8.35 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it's also in John 10.28 and 29. It says, and no one can pluck us from his hand. We're secure in Christ. We've got it with Christ. That doesn't mean that you'll never have a tough time. That doesn't mean that everything's going to go your way. But God can use those things. Romans 8, 28, he says, He works all things together for the good. And so, what is God working in our life that we can turn around? We might be going through a really, really tough time. But you know what? We're going to come through the other side. We're going to keep trusting God. And you know what? You're going to be able to speak to somebody's situation when they go through something like that, like I couldn't, or vice versa. You know, you take somebody who's been through a money situation, and they come out on the other side, and they say, Man, God provided for me all the way through there. Let's pray about this. Let's honor God with what's going on. And you watch how God will do this. We might be dealing with a sickness or something like that or, or a problem in our marriage. and you know Somebody might say, come on, keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. I want to be encouraging you. I want to be encouraging you, rooting you on. And I'm going to be pointing you back to what God says He'll do. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen? So we are empowered by God's Spirit. You guys got some good notes going on, right? What could, do, what could God do in a life that, was, that really believed that? Huh? Could, what could God really do with a life that was sold out? Want to know the answer? Anything he pleased. Anything he pleased. If we were really sold out, listening to God, leaning into God, man, what mountains would he knock out of the way for us? How would he use your life at work? How would he use your life in, in raising your kids? How would he use your life for caring for an older parent? How would he, how would he do that? You know what? He would shine through you like you wouldn't believe. But see, we got to get out of the way. We think it's all about me, 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 me. But it's not. It's about Him. Amen? So He's empowered us. We just need to live for Him. Amen? God has given us power to live a godly life. I'm going unpack some of these right here. We'll go right through them. All right. God's given us power to live a godly life. You know, no matter what our situation is, if we call on the name of the Lord, He will open a door so that we can make it through. Amen? i never forget this. I worked for this company one time when I was a young guy, and I was doing good, I thought. I was going to school. I was paying for it. They just gave me a pay raise, and man, something went down, and it went down bad. And guess what? I was out. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Last week, I was getting a raise. This week, I'm getting a boot. What's going on? I was embarrassed. I was this. You know, I'm thinking, I did what I thought I was supposed to do, and you know what? I really felt like maybe I was the fall guy in this whole thing. And you know, I'm going, man, what's going on? What's, what's happening with this situation? And a lady, a little, little Scottish lady about this big, she told me, she was crying. I was too late, but at the time I was in shock. And she said, honey, I want to tell you something. If the world closes a door, God, to open a window. I never forgot about that. Was it tough? Yeah, it was tough. The next day, I looked for 25 jobs. I ain't exaggerating. This is what the deal. I wrote it all down. 25 jobs. They said I ain't qualified or overqualified. Just a young guy just getting going. But guess what? The door opened to work in a place I've been there 27 years now. And guess what? I ended up working in the same building. Isn't that kind of neat? Isn't it kind of neat? I had to say this. And they paid me almost double that time. You know, I was like, man. Okay? But look how God worked that out. I was just like, God, I don't even understand what's going on here. He said, I got it. You know what? Just maybe. If that didn't happen, I'd have still been there. Let me tell you, I wasn't real happy with the job. I was thankful to have the job. But I was thankful when God opened the door and made a way. And I love my job. You know? So I'm just saying, a lot of times we think, oh man, we're in this alone. God's working all things together for the good. Let's keep going. Power to overcome and witness. Man, look at this. Here's another one to write down. Revelations 12, 11. And they overcame him, being the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. We talk about the blood of the lamb. The sacrifice of Christ, right? And the word of our testimony. Our words are powerful. You don't think so? Watch when you say something to your children. <clears throat> man, you can knock them down. I say, let's look at the Word of God and let's raise them up. Let's keep speaking life into their life. Amen. All right, what else we got? We got power to receive boldness to live fearlessly in fearful times. David, did you notice him? that's what I want to show? David didn't back. He didn't do this. David came at the giant. Sometimes we're like this. We're doing the rope a dope, man. Just the things of the world just pounding on us. But you know, God says, "Get up. We're going through." I don't know what you're dealing with today. But you know what? Maybe God said, come on, you take the first step, I'll be with you. You take the step, I'm with you. He doesn't say, oh, you go out there and will see what happens. And then if you need me, I'll show up. He wants that relationship. And he wants us to walk it each day. And guess who gets the glory at the end? God. But guess who really gets blessed during the whole thing? We do because we're walking with God. Isn't that thing? We're experiencing God the whole time. When we go through these things, and that's what I want us to see. First John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who's in the world? The enemy. Right? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come to give you life in abundance. So when we're looking at this thing, I pray that whatever your problem is, or whatever your situation is, and we all have something that we can be concerned about, put it to the backdrop of the cross, Because no matter how bad your day is and my day is, it's never going to be as bad as what Jesus went through. And the reason I say that, I'm not minimizing what anybody's going through. Please don't take it that way. But if we lift our eyes a little higher from that problem and put it on the backdrop of the the love of God, let me think. tell you, things will start changing. You know, everything starts changing when we start experiencing God. That's what I want you to see today, that we have been empowered by His Spirit. Over and over, we look back and say, no, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We keep saying, I. Why don't we say he? See, I, I started, found this early in ministry, and sometimes I still have to watch what I say. I go, I, I don't know if I can do that. I know I I can't. Every time I said I, I can't would follow. But when I say he, because what follows? I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? So I'm going to start looking at it through God's word and his lens instead of what everybody else says. Remember when we were talking about David? See, a lot of times, I I remember this. I remember that this just popped in my mind. When I first started doing ministry, and and, and I started out, God is so great, I'd be the guitar guy. Play a little guitar, a little guitar. Then I'm talking a little bit more. And then you know it's a chapman, you just can't shut them up. They just keep on talking and talking and talking, right? So anyway... I remember one of my buddies said, man, you know, you play the guitar and stuff and God's got his hands on." Said, but I don't really think this other stuff is your deal. I go, did he tell you that? Because that's not what he told me. He goes, oh. See, so don't always believe everything somebody else tells you. Just like David, and he'd come out there to bring the bread and cheese. Man, why don't you go home? Why don't you go home? And see, even people that love you sometimes would be misinformed if they're not lining it up with the word of God. What I'm saying is this. Line it up with the word of God. You spend time with God and you'll know what God's saying. Right? Now, you know what? Does that mean you're going to hear, hey, like Moses did at the burning bush? You might. He knows what each of us need. I need a bullhorn, man. I need to hear And Sometimes i just spend a lot of times like, I'm not leaving this place till you tell me something. Man, I'm just locking in because I need to know, Lord. I need to hear what you're saying because it's too important. I, 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 I'm blowing it. Help me. And you know what? As we clear time on our schedule and honor God, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I'll add all these things to you. I'm telling you that God paid way too high a price to sit on the sidelines of our life. But he's a gentleman. And if you don't invite him in, you won't experience his best. Amen? Let's take a little look at this. You have everything you need within reach. The question is, will you grab it by faith and obedience? You've got everything you need in Jesus. I have everything I need in Jesus. But will I grab hold of it by faith? You know, when I was looking at this, see, David didn't go and start saying, hey, man, can you, can you tailor this, this uh, armor a little bit? The Bible says there was not a blacksmith in the whole Israelite camp. None. They didn't know anything about it. So he was out. But what he did, he used what God put in his hand. He used what he'd been doing all along. Probably 18 hours a day, he's protecting those sheep, throwing out, <coughs> rock. Right. He just took what he had. My question is, what's in your hand today, right? And not only that, see, he threw the rock for the right reason. Did y'all catch that? He, said, he didn't throw it and say, hey, everybody's going to know I'm a tough guy. He, said, he threw the rock, he says, so everyone will know that you are God. You know what's so amazing? When God starts working in your life, they know it's God. They know it's God. Over and over and over. I get so tickled. You know, I get so tickled when we get to do stuff. Playing music. I love playing music. I can't read a lick of music. I don't know nothing about it. It looks like somebody's got squiggly digglies over there. But you know what? God's opened a door. I said, man, that sounds like like Marshall Tucker. Oh, that's a D. You know? Whatever it is. You know, cooking. Somebody might say, well, I don't read all those things. But you know what? God's given me the wisdom to make it just so. Whatever it is, use it for what God's called you to do. Amen? I want you to really take some time this week, okay? And just seek the Lord and say, Lord, what is my gift? What is it that you're going to use in my life? You say, well, man, I got this situation, I got this situation, this situation. God will set you above your situation when you honor him, amen? Let's keep on rolling. So I said, what's in your hand? David used what he had been using all along. David used what he had been using all along. I hit on it just a minute ago. Hey, he had thrown that rock all the time. He didn't try to be somebody else. God created you. In me uniquely. Use what he's placed in you to serve him well. All right? Let's take a look at this. David didn't want to wear somebody else's armor. You know? I don't try to be Billy Graham. You know? I'm just saying, you know what, Lord? If you'll use me, I'll go. And that's what we do. I don't know what he's doing in your life. You know what? I know I see a lot of folks that that teach. Use what God's given you To, to encourage His kids I see a lot of folks That are great with a hammer You do not want we me with a hammer We will have to have A prayer walk I'm telling you If I got a hammer It's not a good thing But you know what I can encourage you I can hand you some nails You know Or whatever the deal is So whatever that deal is Think about it And say Lord you know what If you can use me I'll go I'll go We went on a mission trip Several years ago And it was a friend of mine That uh, I knew him But I didn't get to spend Much time with him And started spending some time With this guy named Billy He's a great guy And Billy didn't say a whole lot. And even when it came to, each one of us had to do a devotion each each day. Somebody was assigned a devotion. And when it came to doing the devotion, he just prayed and his wife did the talking and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, maybe shy, no problem. But one morning when he got up to make the coffee real early, he came in and we just sat down. He said, you know what, brother? He said, I might not be no preacher. I might not be no guitar player. If you need somebody to shovel something, I'll do it. If they need somebody to do this, I'll do it. I thought, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? He didn't want the limelight. He wasn't into anything. He just took. But he, He's a hardworking guy. So go, you gotta get something set up, he's right there. He's doing the deal. Everything else. Well, we came back from the, from the mission trip. I begged my folks, the air conditioner's going to go out. Mm-hmm. The air conditioner's going to go out. Dad, let me get the air conditioner. And we'll put it in there before we go. I oh, will be all right. And I got back, he said, hey, we need to get an air conditioner. I said, okay. So we go down and get an air conditioner. And earlier that day, we went to see my friend Billy. His, his daughter played a little uh, softball and stuff. He said, what you got going on? I said, man, I, got, I think I would go over to Pop's house and work on the AC or something today. He said, okay. He never said no more about it. And you know, you don't like asking people to do stuff. But sometimes you have not because you ask not, right? I'm just saying. So anyway, we go. And, and it seemed like everybody I would think about calling... Had something going It's not that it would not help They just had something going Man, I would to I was like, Lord, I don't know I do not want my dad Lifting this thing up And trying to get this In the window <laughs> Guess who called me? The shovel man The go-to man I don't mind helping man He says, hey I was thinking about this Didn't you say he's going to put An air conditioner In your mom and dad's house? I said, yeah He said, I can help you with that I said, really? He said, where are you? I said, I just got it loaded In the back of the car. He said, I'll beat you To your mom and dad's house When I got there He was right there Never complained, everything else, put all the stuff in. I said, Man, let me pay you. he told me. I used this other day. He said, Man, don't insult me with that. Don't insult me with that. I want to help you. Whoa, what a blessing. That was priceless. He was just using his gift. You know, your gift might just be listening. Your gift might be having a good, strong back. Your gift might just be encouragement. But whatever your gift is, use it for the kings of, the king of God, right? Here we go. David's relationship with God was bigger than the giant in front of him. Now, I want you to think about that. No matter what you're facing, you know what? If we keep focusing on a problem, we allow that problem. We fuel that weed to grow. But I'm telling you, if we focus on our father, we start getting a proper perspective. We see that God is the God of the universe, right? He's the one who's looking to see. He created me and you, right? I mean, you think about this. I know you guys know more about it than I do. The tide and all this stuff and the moon and all that stuff tied in. If it moves a little bit, guess what? Too much, right? He's amazing. He's got all that under control. You think he can work in your situation? I say he can. I say he's willing, amen? Let's keep on going. David's heart was captured by his creator. See, a lot of times what happens is we don't want to hang out with God when everything's up against the wall, don't we? We just give them what's left over, And you know what? If that's what brings you to the place to get a hold of what God's got, that's okay. But I want to encourage you not to stay there because God wants to work in you every day, all the time. So I want to send you guys out with this. What is in your hand? What is in your heart? And where is your faith? If you're sitting here today and you say, man, I, I don't know. I just got so much going on. You know, leave it all behind. We talked about worrying, leaving worries behind last week. And I pray that, you know, we take that message and, and we, we apply it to our life. And we take our eyes and look how big our God is and how amazing our God is and what he's done in our life. And what I want to do here today is as we just get ready to, to finish up with this portion of uh, our time together, I want you to listen to what God says about you. You know, all right. <laughs> um, you know God says you're amazing. God said, there's nobody like you. He says he'll never leave you or forsake you. See, but you know what? How do I know that? Because I spend time in his word. So when the enemy starts coming against me, I go, no. I'm going with what God said. One other story. I just thought about this. Years ago, 2002, right when God started really moving in my life about preaching, and now we're in 2013, so he, he, he whispered this to me a long time ago. It wasn't like last week. All right? And we were doing some music and we were doing some things. And I was doing a lot of street ministry. And I told Denise, I said, hey, you know what? I, I feel like we need to go get some blankets. I'm going to just drive them off on the east end. And she says, I don't want you to go. I said, I got to go. But I'm not going to take you guys. I said, take two cars. We're going to go to Walmart. I'm going to get the blankets. I'm going to go down. I'll be home. It's dangerous. I said, hey, no, it's okay. I'll go. So we get ready to go. And uh, I go through. Jesse was two years old. And we're going. And I got him in a cart. And we're going through Walmart, and I go by this big rack of uh, these outside tents, you know, like you're having a cookout. And one of them started to fall, and I just reached out like that. And when I did, it took my arm and it pulled it all the way back like that. And it pulled my bicep muscle off of my arm. And it rolled it up just like this. And it was a divot in my arm. And then he said, Come on, let's go home. I go, No, oh, we're not going home. I can't even know. I'm going to the shock, right? I'm going, This is not good. This is not good. And so I rolled my sleeve up. And the last little bit goes, We had just finished our second CD I had been over the weekend before I was over there doing a radio interview Stayed over there for 30 minutes On the radio doing stuff I'm thinking Man this is it This is what's going on This We're going to kick it man This is going to be great Now I don't even know If I can move my hand I don't even know If I can move my hand So we start praying I go to the doctor I go to the emergency room They say well it's not broke But you probably ought To follow up with your doctor I'm thinking I didn't That used, that used to be down there You know this is not good And I could play guitar, but it felt like I just threw the baseball for 20 hours. And I kept thinking, oh, man, this is not good. So we go and we're praying and we're praying and praying. I remember that morning, I even wrote it down. I said, man, I feel like I'm being carried on the prayers of just so many folks. So we go to the hospital, go to Mary Immaculate, right? And we're in there, and I'm reading the paper, putting that down. I start reading the book of Ephesians, got God's promises in there. I'll never forget it. And I felt something hit my head. It felt like a raindrop. Boom. Three times. Like I said, sometimes guys got to use a billboard to talk to us. And I looked at Denise and I started crying. She said, it's going to be all right. I said, I know. I know. I said, I, I was so, I said, man, God is moving. I'm telling you, right? So a guy comes in and he goes, hey, can I pray with you? They had, you know, some some preachers and stuff. come I said, man, let me pray for you. I started praying for this guy. And guess what? He said, man, what, what's, what's going on? I said, man, I'm going to tell you what. God told me everything's going to be all right. They couldn't mess this up if they wanted to. This is a God thing right here. And he said, Really? Yeah, this is the guy, right? Guess what? I say, hey, man, play a little music. Like, Give him a CD. I always try to carry a CD or something like that. You know what? I gave him a boatload of CDs and everything. Do you know that they use our music at, at, at uh, Mary Immaculate to encourage people in the Lord? It's God working. I go in and go, oh, me my arm's going to be. No, God says, I got this. Matter of fact, I'm going to show, I'm going to one-up you. Here, guess what? When this guy comes by, he says, I want you to pray for him. The guy took my car and he said, I want you to meet my brother. You know, see, when you're on fire for a little, people want to say, hey, come on, I want you to meet this guy. It's not about meeting a guy or a gal, it's about representing and representing Christ. So when they see us, man, what's changing in this guy's life? I said, God is good. You know what? Also, when they, they showed my arm back up, they got all that squared away, they told me it's going to be a long time. Be... Every time I went to do some therapy, the movement on my arm doubled. So if they said you were only going to go here, it would be here. It's here. Here, 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 here. The guy. This is so cool how God was working. The guy said, hey, man, um, you always heal that fast. I said, God's good, isn't he? God's good. Every time I just pointed praise back to God, pointed praise back to God. And I got to think a lot while I was sitting around. And that's when God said, you know what? I got something for you. You know what? From that, God opened door after door after door after door. But you know what also? I got to looking and thinking, you know. I thought, man, that happened so quick. Things can change in an instant. But you know what? It did not surprise God. Did God cause it? No, I don't believe God causes things like that to happen. But I do know that God works all things together for the good. Amen. So with that being said, I want to ask you to bow your heads. And I want to pray for you before we get ready to go. Lord, I just thank you for today. And I thank you that, you know, looking at the life of David. And even looking at the life of Goliath. we see good versus evil. And Father, you're a good God. And I pray each one here today has something to take with them. I pray that they look into their hearts and say, what's in my heart? What's in my hand? Or what can I use to further the kingdom? But ultimately, the first thing I want you to do today is look in your heart. And I'm going to ask you this question. If you were to die today, right here, right now, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? See, I want to be very clear on this. I want you to understand. If you die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Well you know what a lot of people say, no maybe so maybe not It's not a maybe thing it's a I know thing And the Bible says that if we confess With our mouth the Lord Jesus Believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead We will be saved I want you to hear that today I want you to understand that God is for you And God paid a great price for you To be able to receive His Son and get His full access to Him And so I want you to write over right here If you've never prayed that prayer I just want you to be honest with you, buddy, I don't know if I go to heaven if I die today and nobody looking around or anything else Raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you You know what, I want you to know 100% I want you to know today if you die Take your last breath when you wake up In the presence of God Because I want to give you the other side of the floor He says, far from Him and we can do nothing Alright, and He says this too That there is one way to heaven Jesus is the way the truth, the life No one comes to the Father but by the son So I want you to know That without Him It's eternity in hell. I want to give you the full picture, all the pieces of the puzzle. You know what's at stake, amen? But God made a way for you. And I want you to go forward and do it by You say, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. God does. And He says, you're worth it. So right here, right now, I pray that you get a hold of the truth of God's Word. And ask the Lord to come into your You know, if you're here today and you say, man, I'm just going through, I'm just struggling. Stuff. I believe God. I'm just having a little tough time. Well, guess what? I want to pray for you. Father, whoever it is, each one of us has something that we're tempted with, something that we're up against. Whatever it is, Father, I ask you to shine your light on them today for each one of us that come here, And for those that are yet to come, Lord, that they will hear They will hear your word. They would hear and know that you are born. Father, I pray that each one here has something to take away that they can use in the kingdom of God. I pray that each one here, Lord, has been encouraged just from something said, maybe a story. I don't know, Lord. I just pray that you take it and make it more than what I can do because it's all about you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.